This is Biff Straker from the Spaceways, and every week I listen to Lothar Tuppen and Wednesday Wonders. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Report 3 of the Ranger Venus mission. The situation was desperate. Earth was starving. Overpopulation, bad farming, greed and pollution had destroyed much of the good farmland. Our mission to Venus, to find new places to grow food, was in a perilous state. The trains held Professor Peabody, Sir Hubert and Digby. Hank and Pierre were lost in the flame belt that surrounded the middle of the planet. This report has been created by taking voice prints, tridiments, and black box recordings from all who came on the journey to Venus. Sir Hubert Guest's diary continued. I will never forget the scene at the falls. As a train moved to attack Miss Peabody, I fired my stun gun, and at that moment Dan stepped into the line of fire. For an instant, he tottered on the edge of the falls and then turned and toppled down into the depths, lost. And we were taken by a train guard for merciless dissection by the supreme scientist of Maconta. Dan Dare, pilot of the future. Dramatized for radio in four parts by Nick McCarty. Part three, the Mekong. We demand to be treated under the rules of the Geneva Convention. There is no convention here, Sir Hubert. Forget it, Sir Hubert. That was based on care and concern. These treens neither know nor care. I understand you are trying to insult me. It will not work. You should be honoured to be going to the presence of the Mekon himself. Honoured? Why? He may have you dissected, oh fat one. The others will be tested, investigated, maybe laser-operated, for the good of science. Dissected? That's what they do to coconuts. No, Dig. Desiccated is coconuts. You will wait here until the Mekon is ready for you. Meanwhile, under the swirling waters of the falls, I was still able to think, but not able to move my body. The waters churned and whirled and finally threw me into a long tunnel. I had to break surface or I would drown. Thank heavens I can move again. The paralysis is is wearing I must stay on the surface. It's so dark in this tunnel. So dark. I must have passed out. The next thing I knew, I was being gently washed against a rock ledge, and ahead of me there was light, the end of the tunnel. I crawled onto the ledge away from the frightful dark water and towards the light. I checked my compass and knew that without a doubt, I had been swept under the flame belt that cuts Venus in half. The Southlands were bathed in glorious sunlight. Huge red and gold flowers, outcrops of purple grass, lay over the rich dark earth. I drank from a clear water stream, washed and set off across the wide open countryside, praying the natives were friendly. Meanwhile, my poor friends were facing the all-powerful scientist, the Mekon of Mekonta. I have been studying the situation. Your foolish colleague, Colonel Dare, is now dead. 
You have no leader. You are entirely in my power. His head was huge. The carapace containing his brain, three times the size of a human's. His eyes, cruel, cold, black as night and unblinking. He sat on a small flying platform from which came a throbbing noise. His body was stunted and his legs too thin to support his huge skull. Cutie looked on his flying trolley. As jolly as a stork, we are rabbit. Come over here, my... What is the word? Friends. Here is a Telezero beam transmitter. At present focused on a full-sized replica of an Earth city. It has been built on Venus for testing purposes. Watch that screen and see the fate of your miserable planet and its pathetic peoples. Watch. There's nothing. Nothing left of the place. Nothing. Dust. People, whole populations will... Die. Yes. Dust also. You can devastate the world too, of course, with your puny little bombs. This, our supreme weapon, can destroy the world or a single house from space stations a million miles from any of your weapons. Every part of the Earth is defenseless. At my mercy. But what's the use? No train can go there after such a... Show them. In walked a train, in full protective gear, plus a rebreathing apparatus. I see you understand. Go. I tell you something for nothing. They'll be wild about him in Wigan. Very clever indeed. Naturally. Now, we are going to use you. You will be useful in the final stages before we invade planet Earth. Invade? We need to know the extreme limits of human resistance. Then, we shall extract your brains for further study. Sonda, you intrigue us. A Treen who has somehow mutated wrongly. We have looked into your parentage, your history. It is not clear yet how the mistakes can have happened. We will later personally direct your dissection with the laser scalpels. I am at the command of science, only come. Meanwhile, far to the south, I found myself in the main square of a vast city. A humming, vibrating city. Without a single person to be seen. I climbed to the top of a tall stone building. Looking out, I could see far away what looked like irrigation ditches and fields. There had to be people, inhabitants somewhere, or why bother to irrigate fields and grow crops? I headed for the open country. A harvester bailed the crop automatically and tipped it onto a series of automated moving platforms which headed away into the distance. Nothing to lose. Go for a hayride, Dan Dow. <sighs> Two hay bales, and that's as good as any bed. Right then. Oh, call me with a nice cup of tea at ten, Stuart. 
the self-propelled trucks carried me across the hills and valleys of southern Venus, over bridges and through tunnels humming along with its load of farm produce. I went to sleep and nearly died as a result. At its destination, a metal-toothed grab loomed over the bales of hay. What the door? That was a narrow squeak. Hi, Earthman. Who the devil are... You speak English? We have two other Earthmen in our house. What? You won't tell my father I was at the transporter junction. He says it could be dangerous. He's right. Look, I need to meet these other Earthmen. I can take you. Come with me. Hank Pierre! Mon brave! Mon colonel! Wonderful! Incroyable! Mon vieux! Where are the others? How did you get here? We thought you were dead. What happened? I told them all I could. Hank and Pierre had crash-landed just south of the flame belt, and even as we spoke, their shuttle was being repaired. They introduced me to Volstar. He was a leader amongst these trusting and generous people called Theorons. They were like us, apart from their deep desire for gentleness. Aggression for them did not exist. We had despaired of you and your friends, knowing that you had landed in the north among trees. We have not been in contact with the trees for centuries. The flame belt has kept us apart. We are worried to find you have managed to pass through the flame belt. Now defenses against the trees will not stand up to their sophisticated weapons. I didn't come through the flame belt, Volstar. Then I how... came under it. How in hyenas? Under? How? I was carried by a subterranean river. It is very important that you meet with our leaders. As soon as possible. I understand the situation on your home planet is desperate, Colonel Dare. We need help. We need space to grow food for Earth. Here, perhaps. That will be for our parliament to decide. You will be seeing our president, of course. We must hurry. I have two urgent tasks. Fix up a supply of food for Earth and rescue my friends from the Comte. Three, Colonel. We have heard via our radio satellites that the Mekon plans to destroy Earth. Certainly. Someone has to get back to your mother's ship to warn your planet. Your shuttle rocket, Pierre? We'll be ready in a few days. These guys may have given up living in cities or being ruled by machines, but they sure know their way around with a monkey wrench. Volstar, I must talk to your president now. My house is already traveling towards him. Your house is what? Since we gave up cities as unsuitable for man to live in, we have houses that will move where we want them to. It's more convenient. At the moment, we are traveling at around 800 of your Earth miles an hour. The air bubble that surrounds us ensures no discomfort. And while we traveled, Volstar told me something of the tragedy of Venus, of Earth, and of Atlantis. He told of the Theron attempts to pacify the treen reptiles beyond the flame belt. When the gentle Therons realized that all the treens cared for was power and science, they left them to their fate. The Therons explored space, found planet Earth, and discovered a landlocked valley, the center of Earth's civilization, Atlantis. Tragically, the Treens followed them and systematically transshipped the Atlanteans back to Venus, where their descendants have been slaves ever since. The remaining Atlanteans, blaming the Therons, sabotaged their remaining spaceships. They smashed the housing over the atomic reactor engines. The result 
was catastrophe. The end wall of the valley collapsed as the Atlantic Ocean engulfed Atlantis, destroyed a civilization, and created the Mediterranean. A people destroyed, save for the sad prisoners of the dreams whose descendants are the blue slaves of Maconta. Meanwhile, in space... This is Mothership Ranger calling Earth. Come in, Earth. Over. Will it take long, Sparks? No, sir. I'll put it on boost. Do you think we might get back by Christmas, sir? I had sort of promised my kids a trip. If they say stay, we stay, Sparks. Just think about the Colonel and the rest down there on Venus. You think they're still alive, sir? This is Earth. Do you read, Ranger? Over. We read and have message. Stand by to receive. Go ahead, sir. This is Captain Hunter. There is no sign nor sound from the D.A.R.E. expedition. Rations aboard are low. Can only remain in orbit one more Earth month. Orders, please. Over. What about the others, sir? You know the score, Sparks. No place to spend Christmas Eve, is it? 150 million miles from home. This is Space Control. Abandon waiting orbit. Return to Earth. Repeat. Ranger Mothership to return to Earth. Meanwhile, in the beautiful tree-filled courtyard of the Theron's president's house, I tried to persuade the old man to help me go back into the north to rescue Digby and the other crew members. Naturally, we grieve for your friends, but there is little we can do to help. I can't just sit and grieve. These people rely on me. You cannot pass through the barrier erected by the trees over the flameland. And you'll do nothing. Hey, come on, man. Don't get too heavy. We have achieved the perfect life here. Happiness and peace for our children. We mean to keep it. And the rest can go hang. The Treens are planning to attack Earth, and you just sit back and enjoy your music. Great. Pity is fine. Grief, too. But if you let the Treens commit crimes you are able to stop, then they become your crimes, too. You sit here and read poetry and smell flowers while our Earth children are starving to death. You would sit here listening to music and, and talking to your wives while our wives are being butchered by trees. Some civilization you have. Dad, cool it. President Kalon, I apologize. No, no, no. I am shamed by what you say, Colonel. We will do all we can to help. Meanwhile, in Maconta, Dig and Co. were suffering terrifying endurance tests. I've told you. I was born in Wigan, and I know folk there will not stop fighting because you turn up. Why? If they know we can kill them all, why not just give in? You'll not understand, son. Pride! You can't frighten me with dentist drills or whatever that is. The genetic pool is such that man seems to have created many differing versions of himself. You trains are only clones of each other, true? That is more efficient. Maybe, but for a scientist, random ideas can sometimes lead to exciting results. You understand? I must ask the Mekon to talk with you. I do not understand. You can question me till you're blue in the face. It doesn't change the fact that the Earth will go on struggling to survive whatever you may think. Free and not as slaves. Then they will be totally deleted from the universe. Meanwhile, south of the flame belt, we were busy. 
Are you sure you can do it alone, Colonel? I can, if I can go back disguised as an Atlantean. So what are these Atlanteans like, man? I'll try and describe. No, there's no need. We can make tridemen with your help, Colonel, with this telepathy helmet. This what? If you will put this helmet on, Colonel Dare, and bring into your mind your memory of one Atlantean... Fine. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Just concentrate and remember. Look! Look! In the corner! Look at that! A blue man with a... He's got a gun! It's all right, Hank. It's just a part of the Colonel's imagination. An Atlantean soldier. Thank you, Colonel Dare. C'est alors! It has just melted away! Formidable! Dan, are you all right? Fine, fine. That blue skin. Mighty pretty, Dan. And the bulge on the forehead! We can use that bulge to solve a problem. We have a scientist standing by to make necessary changes. If you have the courage, Colonel Dare. Try me. Lie down, please. Under the lamps, Colonel, it is here we will make the cosmetic changes. When we saw the Colonel next, he was a changed man. Different clothes, different skin, blue as sky. Then they turned up with a pièce de résistance. This wig has a large bulge at the front that enables you to speak and understand the Atlantean language. The headphones, receiver and unscrambler are built into the bulge along the hairline. Try it on. Oh, very well. This is great. Yes, I think this wig is probably terrible and tricked juggling, Glod. Fantastic! Affreux, mes braves! He is a blue man. He speaks their language and he looks formidable. Now what? The search party has found the entrance to the underground stream. They are already widening it to get a team through. Linklog, there is no time. I have to get through now. We know that, Colonel. We have taken from our stores an underwater craft perfectly designed for your needs. Electronic navigator, radar net for cavern navigation, rebreathing gear, autopilot. Queries? How long can it stay under? Ten Earth hours. Its range will take you well clear of the flame belt. All checks are now completed. Good. Is the slipway clear? All clear and ready to go, Colonel Dare. You have your personal breathing apparatus on board. Right. Um, before you go, Colonel, we have this weapon to offer you. Dream technology depends on magnetism. This is a demagnetizing gun. It has not been tried on dreams, but we felt it might work. It is the best we are able to do. Thank you, Mr. President. Au revoir, mon brave. See you all in Piccadilly. I don't mind admitting that for a limey, Colonel Dare had guts. He locked himself in that submarine-type contraption as if he was going for a spin down the Delaware. Good luck! Once down the ramp and into the street, I turned on the autopilot. Right then, uh, George. I hope you've got your master's ticket. We're on our own. Ready. What? Ready. Oh, uh, right. Uh, now, find the forward scope, check out the channels, and then talk course changes into the auto. 
George, uh, you still there? I'm a bit confused. Yes. Well, channels and course already sorted. Radar operative. Auto changes locked. Fine. Level off in centre of stream and go due north against the current. Full speed ahead. Hank, Pierre, I've just heard that your shuttle is repaired and ready for firing. Great! We need to make visual contact with Ranger. Tootsuit, as we say. There has been a homing device fitted. It will bring you safely back here if you cannot contact your mothership for any reason. We were ready and on the launch site in no time. Motors, go. Seals, go. Retros, activated. Comes internal systems, go. Okay, man. Let's burn some juice. Rocket takeoff from Southern Hemisphere. Tracking devices activated. Check all screens. Inform the Mekon. Inform the Mekon. Inform the Mekon. Inform the Mekon. Alert all tracking devices. Check contents of rocket. Check trajectory. If necessary, destroy it. Now under flame belt. 200 miles from estimated discharge point. Thanks, George. Check the forward screen. A huge shoal of fish, the eight to ten pounders. They'd feed a few thousand back on Earth. Approaching a mass. Living. Across whole channel. Orders, please. George, I'm... Orders, please. Mass appears to be animal of some sort. Orders, please. It's... Orders, it's please. It's a huge squid. Orders, please. We're heading straight forward. Orders, please. Increase speed. Agreed. We have armaments. To your left, red button. Rest now for auto-guided aqua rocket. Red? Now. Fire now. Fire now. Fire now. Rocket away. All clear. Reducing speed to safety level through debris. Stay on auto. Hours later, we emerged from the tunnel. Now hear this. Now hear this. Sorry, George. Uh, periscope. Hmm. Nightfall, as per schedule. Of course. We have a problem. George! Waterfall dead ahead! All right, all right. Don't panic. No problem. Fasten safety harness. Activate all green modules. Huh? What? What on earth? Joystick now activated. Press flight button on top center to avoid pulse. Button pressed! Oh, wow! You chaps think of everything! We flew out of the water and climbed to the top of the falls. As we appeared over the rim, Searchlights! Crash dive, George! George, dive, dive, dive! Continue tracking the rocket. Course takes it over flame belt and on a northern orbit. Dispatch space interceptors. It's an Earthcraft. Destroy it. It must never reach Earth. Destroy it. Ranger, this is Shuttle 3 calling. Come in, please. 
Ranger, this is Shuttle 3. Do you hear us? Over. Well, and Harry, where the blue blazes did that come from? Three of them, Pierre. All around us. We have no chance. Climb, Pierre, climb. That one's got us lined up. Hey, we are gone, my friend. I can't avoid. I am jammed. Controls are jammed. He was on top of us. What happened? The Therians have put a shield around us. Must have. Zap the home and switch, Pierre, and let's get out of here. It's not fair. They just crash into our shield and boom! The last one's heading for home. When that ship returns, execute the pilot. I said no Earth rocket was to escape. This is aggression. There is no truce with the Theorons. We are at war. Meanwhile, under the water, I left the craft on the floor of the lake and using my personal rebreather, made my way to the surface. Once out of the water and away from the watering holes of the huge reptiles that lived in the wilds of the Treen Hemisphere, I dumped the underwater kit, changed into the blue man's costume, put on the translator wig, and, using an old map provided by one of the oldest Theorons, headed towards the Atlantean Reservation. Down below me in the dark night lay the sparkling lights of a small Atlantine village. Here we go. I'll switch on the translator and see if I can get by as an Atlantine surf. I crept closer to the centre of the village. An angry meeting was going on. Amazingly, I could understand everything the Blue Atlanteans were saying. The younger men were facing what was clearly the village council. One of the young men was speaking, angry. We know Urtag, our headman, is wise and careful, but the time has come when wisdom's not enough. He grows old and his blood grows thin. This is the time for action. They're taking all our young men for the army, and we know who'll be the first to die. I shall men die for trees. We have no quarrel with the men beyond the flame land. If we must die, let it be as free men, not as slaves for trees. Our faces be ground into the dust. An old man stepped forward. Don't listen to him. I beg you. Three times our fathers have revolted. And three times we have been defeated and punished. We can hold on to our dreams of freedom, but we must have patience. We have no weapons, no machines. We'll take them. Wait, my children, wait. Shush. Who's there? Who's there? Come out. Fight. I see a spy. Who's that? There's a friend from a fire. Help me ask. Hold him. It's a spy. Spy. I'm no spy. Why did you not blow the horn by the sun god's gate to announce your arrival? I, I'm sorry. I am a hunter from the other side. Oh, oh, the oh, 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 Never. He's a trained spy. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Wait, children, wait! If he tells the trees about this meeting, we're done for. I'm the execution tree! No worm is lynching me! Take that! Come on, man, I don't want to fight you, but... I lost my translator wig in the struggle. Suddenly I could understand nothing. Then they stood back from me, raised their arms and began to cry out. In part three of Dan Dare, Pilot of the Future, dramatized for radio in four parts by Nick McCarty, Mick Ford was Dan Dare, Terence Alexander, Sir Hubert, Donald G. Digby, Zela Clark, Professor Peabody, William Roberts, Hank, and Richard Pierce, the Mekon. David Googe was Sondar, Ben Anwukwe, Volstar, and John Moffat, Kalon. Other parts were played by Vincent Brimble, Christopher Good, Brian Miller, Dale Rapley, Danny Schiller, Charles Simpson, and Simon Treves. The music was composed and played by Wilfredo Acosta. Technical presentation by Wilfredo Acosta with Michael Etherden and Colin Guthrie. Dan Dare is directed by Glyn Dearman. In this time of COVID-19, CDC asks you keep your hands clean. Don't congregate and kindly shelter in place. Also wash your hands and don't touch your face. So use soap and water and grab a clean towel. And don't be a Jonah. Prevent spread of Corona by washing your hands. Olay! This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.